The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. Here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss consumer expectations for brands. Joining us is Spencer Burke, who is the SVP of Growth at Braze, which is a leading comprehensive customer engagement platform that powers interactions between consumers and the brands they love. Yesterday, Spencer and I talked about what consumers want from brands. And today we're going to continue the conversation talking about how we can rank trust, privacy, affordability, and personalization. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with Spencer Burke, the SVP of Growth at Braze. Spencer, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Great to be back, Ben. Excited to have you back on the show. Love to continue our conversation. We talked all about expectations of consumers yesterday, and they're evolving, just like our tech stacks are evolving, just like our content needs are evolving. All sorts of things are rotating around us as MarTechers, including what's expected from our customers. And my takeaway is more than ever, right person, right place, right time, right message. You have to master and understand your relationship with your customer and what their customer journey is before you can just think about what revenue you're driving, what message you can push. You can get lost in pushing too many messages that are ROI positive and forget about building long-term relationships with your customers. And there's a balance there. So today, let's go through a little ranking. I know that you've done some research on this. Help me rank some of the things that consumers are thinking about. There's trust, privacy, affordability, personalization, all important things. How do we think about ordering those in the heads of the MarTechers? Well, we're lucky that Braze did some research on this. We recently published the consumer research report. We surveyed just over 2,000 consumers. So let's start talking a little bit about what matters to consumers from brands. Kind of interesting stats here. First is affordability and brand trust ranked about equal. So really quickly can tell you that it's not just about thinking about value in terms of, especially when it's a product or you're trying to sell something, but equally important is that trust that the consumer has in the brand. Like you said, that trust is generated in part from the quality of the marketing experience that they're getting, how personalized the content is, and how the brand is using data. Somewhat surprisingly, discounts were, it's about 10% of the audience responded that discounts were the thing that kept them coming back to a brand. 
it's one of the things that we can really quickly get into as a marketer is a discounting strategy. It's like, oh, we should drive more revenue. We need to drive more people to the site. Let's have a promotion. And that's not really what consumers say brings them back to the brand. Affordability is part of that. It's connected. But I think that's more about the overall value and quality of the product experience than it is about a specific promotion that a brand might be running. There's a timing component to this here, right? If you've established trust, then affordability is a main consideration. A discounting strategy is important. If you've established trust, if you've established value, then all of a sudden you're improving accessibility by discounting your price. You're getting a perceived same value for a discount. Wonderful. Maybe that, you know, it's obviously an effective strategy in some brands, but there's steps to get there. If you've got a product that no one's ever heard of that they don't trust, but you lower the price, who gives a shit? Sorry, go on. (laughs) Tell me more about your study. Part of what we think about here is laying that foundation of trust. And one of the ways you can do that is through technology, especially through first party data. We talked a little bit last time about being explicit, being transparent about data collection. One of the important things in this is doing that in a responsible way. You do that responsibly, you start to show to the consumer, you know who they are, you understand what some of their needs might be, and how your brand can be relevant to them. It's going to be part of the stepping stones to establishing trust. And I agree, I think that is a foundation because affordability is all in the context of what's the value that the product's providing, what's the perception of the brand, what problem is it solving. And if you don't have that foundation, it's going to be really hard to prove that, especially a more premium product, might be something that's a good purchase for a consumer. So tell me a little bit about personalization. It seems like personalization is related to trust. Not only do I understand what your brand stands for, what the products or services are, what the perceived value is, but is it for me seems like it also would be related to trust. What research did you do on how much consumers can care about personalization? I think it's one of the easiest ways to lose trust. If you've collected a piece of data, let's just take something really simple. You have a profile on a site, you're doing some shopping, and it asks for your gender. But then it's starting to provide you some clothing that doesn't align with your expectations with that. You're going to start to lose trust. The same could go for any kind of data or ask that the brand has made of you. If you're not showing and recognizing that, that's going to start to erode trust. So I think that's one of the ways that personalization connects into that. We actually have some data on this too that Only 53% of surveyed consumers say that they're somewhat confident or more that brands use their personal data responsibly. So you're starting from a little bit of a tricky territory where the base expectation is almost 50-50 across consumers of whether or not they're going to generally have trust that their data is used appropriately. I'm not quite sure what people would consider to be appropriate. When you were talking about the disconnect in personalization, the, the experience that always comes to my mind. I love this brand. Great clothing brand. Have you ever heard of Marine Layer? Yep. Great clothes. Half of my wardrobe is Marine Layer and the other half is Miles Apparel. (laughs) But Marine Layer, every time they would send email marketing, would give me the women's clothing first in their emails. And I'm like, okay, guys, or girls, whoever's running the marketing department, I've never met them. This is basic blocking and tackling. Like you should know based on every single purchase I've ever made that I'm only going to buy guys clothes. And I understand that your highest revenue consumer is probably female, but you can't cut the corners of just having one newsletter. You need to make one for guys if you're sending it to guys. 
please, Marine Layer, fix that problem. <laughs> Are they responsibly using my PII? Yeah, I don't think they're selling it to a third party and all of a sudden I'm getting spam calls. But are they using it appropriately? No. What what do you mean by the responsible usage of data? Future sponsor of the podcast, Marine Layer. Probably (laughs) not after that. Great close, though. (laughs) So one thing I'd highlight in this is we're really talking about a pretty base level of personalization and responsible data use. It's basic blocking and tackling, right? And it's so easy, I think, as a marketer, when you're trying to get more sophisticated with a strategy like personalization, you're going to think about, we're going to put their first name in the email. Well, maybe that big hero image on an email, or they'll do some basics, split testing, and then we'll make sure men, women, see the clothing line based on prior purchases or based on some preferences. That's pretty basic. And if you get that wrong, it's all downside for you. Moving beyond that is really where more consumers are setting their expectations. I've been skiing a couple of times this winter. There's some brands like Patagonia, Black Diamond that are sending emails to me. I love to see things that are related to that sport. Things based on products that I purchased in the past. It's maybe something that could go take my skiing game to the next level. They have some of my purchase history so they can actually help make a product recommendation. That starts to build a connection to the brand because it's not just about that product, but it's about helping me develop a hobby that I have, a skill that I care about. So I think it can be a little bit easy to get lost when we start talking about personalization because that surface level is always the easiest entry point. It's really easy to talk about. But then when we think about it back, take our marketing hat on, off, put our consumer hat on, we want something a little bit deeper than that. And I think a lot of consumers now, they know what's possible and they know brands can do it really well. Amazon kind of been famous for this for a long time in terms of their product recommendations on the website and the app and email. And consumers know what's possible and you need to deliver something that looks a little bit more like that aspirational vision and a little bit less like the basic blocking and tackling. Time for a one minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. 
part of the personalization problem is always segmentation, right? I, I want something to be specifically created for me, but the reality is that's incredibly technically difficult to create marketing campaigns and collateral that is a one piece of collateral per consumer. You're doing segmentation and trying to figure out what is most likely going to speak to a larger group. Have you ever heard of the Instagram account? Was it Microwaves of Aspen, I think it is? I haven't seen that. No. Okay, so my wife is going on a trip to Aspen and with all the moms in our elementary school and they're all like going skiing during the day. And apparently Aspen is like, a uh, suburban mom Disneyland. And it's like you go ski during the day and then you go out to the clubs at night or I don't know, I've never been there. But you could tell who is not actually a skier and is just there for the social experience based on how shiny their ski clothes are. And if you have any sort of metallic element to your clothes, if you're wearing like the bright silver ski jacket, they call you a microwave of Aspen. <laughs> and there's pictures of all these people who are obviously not skiing. Moral of the story is I'm trying to get into this like segmentation and how you have to be careful and you can negatively impact your trust with your consumers if you're personalizing them into the wrong group, if you're making the wrong assumptions based on their consumer behavior. So let's go back to your study. What are some of the downfalls that you have perceived based on some of the data that you're looking at when it comes to personalization if you're getting it wrong? One of the interesting areas for everybody right now is AI. And one of the things we found in the survey was that 38% of participants say they don't feel comfortable with AI being used to personalize experiences. And that's pretty interesting as a marketer, as we're all striving to go use these tools. And yeah, y'all better get used to it because it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then the reality is we've been using these tools for some time. You know, back when we called it machine learning and not generative AI to do some product recommendations. So I think that's actually an opportunity for brands. This technology wave is coming and everyone's going to embrace it in some way. But there's an opportunity for brands. And I think even a brand like Brace to help our customers, but also our customers' customers understand the technology, try to get a deeper understanding of what that sentiment is. Because we see on the other side of that from this data that vast majority, over 80% of respondents respond positively to personalized experiences, and that actually influences their purchasing decision. So that tells you a little bit about that tension here where, yes, it's an important part of my journey. It's actually affecting how I spend money. But there's a little bit of reservations about how that technology works. I'm going to put you on the spot here. You've gone through and you've done this study about ranking trust, privacy, affordability, and personalization. What are the three biggest takeaways that you have from marketers or, or maybe just something that surprised you from your research? There's nothing too surprising here to me. We spend a lot of time looking at living and breathing in this space. We released some stats just over this last Black Friday, Cyber Monday weekend. We sent 37 billion messages. So we send a lot of communications on behalf of our customers. I always go back to the fundamentals for marketers. And I think in this case, it's some of the things we've been talking about. It's being transparent about the exchange of value with data for personalization. It's thinking about that entire customer journey. And then I think there's this emerging piece of what's that really deeply understanding the customer so that the brand experience is more human. And as an individual, you feel like you're getting something that's really, really ripe for you. So that deep kind of personalization, one-to-one -one marketing. 
it's so easy to focus on like new shiny things and go chase something and you hear about something cool, you hear about something that's out there and crazy, or you get a piece of marketing and want to emulate it. I think if you stick to really what's true to your brand, what you know about your consumers, and some of these basic tenants, foundational tenants, because they're not all basic. There's some things here that you can really take to a deeper level of technology, but focusing on these foundational tenants will keep you in the right place and keep you better aligned to the consumer. Yeah, my takeaway from our conversation, we're talking about ranking four very important factors of marketing, trust, privacy, affordability, and personalization. And in a snapshot in time, you might be able to rank them. But for each individual consumer, it seems like those rankings are different at any point in their journey. When you're starting out your relationship with the customer, it's all about building first awareness, but then trust. And I'm going to lump trust and privacy together, right? If somebody thinks that you're responsibly going to use their data, they're going to be more apt to give it to you. Once you've established that you're a brand that has credibility and trust, then you could think about value. That's where affordability comes in. But to get over the finish line, you need to have that experience that makes it feel right for me. Now, as a consumer that's known you for years, maybe privacy is a bigger concern. Maybe that level of personalization is really first and foremost because the other things become table stakes. But I do think that there's an order of operations as you're marketing to establish trust and privacy first or your responsible use of data first, then thinking about affordability and value and then getting into personalization to get that message across, to get the right message to the right person at the right time. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Spencer Burke, the SVP of Growth at Braze, for joining us. If you'd like to hear more from Spencer, you could find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you could visit his company's website, which is braze.com. We also have a link to the consumer report that we've been talking about. You should definitely download it. Go check it out. It's on the website. We've also got a link at martechpod.com to the report. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com. We've got summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. And you can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter. You can even apply to be our next guest speaker on the MarTech Podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or you can contact me directly on LinkedIn. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.